2: Uh, I think you have to have multiple ways to do it for us. Uh, the pick and rolls have been better than the other aspects. Um, uh, Vooch's post-ups have been good. Um, but we have to continue to, you know, find other ways that we can play offensively. And, and, uh, it's not easy. I mean, they're, they're the best defensive team in the NBA for a reason. They're disciplined. They're long. Uh, they're very well coached. Um, uh, but again, there's always things that you can find, and you know that you know we have the we have the rest of the day here as a staff to try to try to uh, figure things out. Also,
1: you are locked on Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
2: And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is August 23rd, at least when I'm recording. It'll be August 24th, probably by the time you listen to this. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll recap game three of the Orlando Magic series with the Milwaukee Bucks. There's not a whole lot to say about that. I'll also talk with Stephen Cameron of the close-up Magic to, disc- to, uh, to break down kind of the Magic at the midpoint of this series, what we've seen from this series, where the Magic still need to improve, what it means uh, in the bigger picture, of course, and uh, where the Magic fit in with their season so far. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching every we download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, This podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks after they took a 2-1 series lead? Check out Locked On Bucks. Do a great job over there. No matter what team it is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Orlando Magic knew the pressure would be on. Tied 1-1 after the Bucks had the blowout win uh, in Game 2 and uh, and seeing what the Bucks look like when they're really dialed in. Orlando knew that they'd have to be sharp, that they'd have to be ready. About the only thing we can say was ready about Game 3 was Nikola Vucevic. Hit his first three shots, looked like he was going to carry the team once again. But the thing about mid-range jumpers, the thing about an inability to get into the paint, as Steve Clifford said at the top of this show, that was from Sunday, that wasn't from Saturday, finding a way to, relying on jump, jump shots and relying on poor jump shots at that is extremely difficult. It's an extremely difficult way to win. And so the Magic dug themselves a deep, deep hole. And I mean a deep hole. They turned the ball over with silly passes and just imprecise play. They weren't able to move the ball. They weren't able to get into the paint. They played right into the Bucks' hands. And instead of taking advantage of the weaknesses within the Bucks' defense the Magic played exactly how Milwaukee wants them to play. Once those shots from Nikola Vucevic dried up, Orlando looked, frankly, a bit scared. Certainly a bit rattled. Because the Bucks came right at Orlando from there. The Bucks ran right at Orlando at every single turn. Pushing the pace. Getting out in transition. Maybe not getting fast break points necessarily. But being in a position to destroy the Magic. And of course, it all started with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis had by far his best game of the series. It's a stat line that deserves a reading in full. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 35 points, grabbed 11 rebounds, dished out 7 assists, got to the line for 9 of 12 free throws, something the Magic have done a good job keeping him off the foul line. Made 12 of his 14 shots, including 10 of 10 in the restricted area. And for the cherry on top, 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. Honestly, I don't care if he's shooting threes, if he's making threes. The Magic have to do a better job keeping him out of the paint. It was not just Giannis that the Magic could not keep out of the paint. It was Chris Middleton. It was Eric Bledsoe. It was Dante DiVincenzo in some instances. Milwaukee took it to Orlando, taking as much as a 34-point lead. They got under the magic skin with James Ennis and Marvin Williams getting into a tussle that cost them each $15,000. Probably a little bit more than that. It cost them each a pretty penny, at the very least, any an ejection from the game. It was, I don't want to call it a complete disaster, but the Magic did everything they could not afford to do. Their defense was poor. Unable to get stops or stop dribble penetration and when you're not getting when you're not stopping dribble penetration eventually you're giving up open threes. Milwaukee made 17 of 37 three-pointers. That's not going to get the job done even if the magic make 19 three-pointers themselves. It took Orlando a full half to get their legs under them and to figure out what Milwaukee was doing. The Bucks scored a magic franchise record 70 points in the first half. 39 in the second quarter alone. Orlando was at 43. This game was over before it really even started. Orlando, Orlando. I don't know if it was Orlando not being ready to play, but for the second straight game, Orlando took a punch to the mouth and staggered backward, struggling to keep their footing. And unlike the previous, unlike Game Two, when the Magic hung around a little bit, made you think that maybe they could come back. Nikola Vucevic wasn't really there. 20 points, 8 for 19 shooting, 2 for 8 from beyond the arc. Not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. Still probably the only guy that the Magic could really trust off- offensively and a guy that the Bucks have just started to double-team more seriously. Vujic's got a lot on his shoulders and it's going to be a lot more if he doesn't get the help that he needs. If he doesn't get dribble penetration, if the Magic aren't able to move the ball side to side. This was a complete breakdown not only of the game plan but of the team itself. As I always say, when you lose by 30 points, when you're down by 30 points, it says more about the trailing team than it does the leading team. I'll give Orlando credit. They did not let go of the rope. They did not give up. They did not stop playing. They used the remaining time in the game to try and figure some things out, to try and regain some confidence. And guess what? They did. Orlando cut the lead to 12 with six and a half minutes to play. Orlando fought really hard. Now granted, Milwaukee backed off their defensive pressure, so Orlando started to find some rhythm and find some offense. Their defense settled down after such a poor first half. DJ Augustine scored 24 points, Terrence Ross scored 20 off the bench. Both made some excellent plays, making four threes threes each to carry the team offensively but that's not going to get the job done. 24 minutes is not going to beat the bucks. Well, I know outscored Milwaukee 64-51 in the second half. That's not going to get the job done, folks. To beat the Milwaukee Bucks, to beat a team like them that is so good that has such a small margin of error will take a 48-minute effort. Not just a 40-minute 8 minutes of effort. Because the Magic, again, largely played with effort. I am not questioning the effort or the fight in this team. They want to play. They're not giving up on this series. They're not giving up on these games. It takes a 48 minutes of precise effort. It takes a 48 minutes of focused effort. It takes 48 minutes of sticking to the game plan and playing exactly exactly how they are designed to play. Frankly, the Magic have not done that. Not since Game 1. Game 1 was precise and, and exquisite. It was perfect execution in so many ways. Game 2, they got punched in the mouth. They felt the pressure. They missed a bunch of shots in the fir- in the first quarter. That took them out. That took them out of the game. Orlando recovered enough to make it interesting, but obviously not a real threat. This game, they got punched in the mouth, and they folded a little bit. Game four is a must-win game. Let's be real. Monday's game four at 1.30 is a must-win game. Going As, as everything with this team, they, have not, they are not able to come back against the Bucs. If the Bucs take a big lead, the Magic are not coming back. They just don't have the offensive tools to do it unless they get hot from beyond the arc. But clearly Milwaukee's knows how to get the magic out of their offense. And Orlando's got to find a way to stick with it even through the physicality, even through uh, everything else. They cannot get stuck, especially stuck on one side of the floor. They've got to keep the ball moving. It's got to be second nature decisions. They're struggling with that under the pressure. But game four is a must win. They cannot fall behind 3-1 if they want any chance to win the series. If they want any chance, obviously, to get to six games. This is... A gut check time for the magic, and we'll see what they're made of on Monday. The Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, one twenty-one to one hundred seven in Game Three. Game Four, of course, Monday at one thirty. Before we get into our interview with uh, Stephen Cam- with Stephen Cameron of the Close Up Magic, I want to tell you a little bit about CBD MD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs a little support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-finding compounds like Arnica, and vitamin B6 to give you support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And we are now joined by Stephen Cameron, the host of the Close Up Magic Podcast, here to talk a little bit about games one, two, and three of the Magic series. I'm calling it the series midpoint. Um, I, I certainly hope it's the series midpoint. Maybe a little bit, a little bit uh, sooner than that. But um, Stephen, uh, welcome on. Welcome on. How, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Philip. I'm doing really good. You know, it's another season of Magic in the playoffs in the first round. We got a tough matchup, but anytime I can watch the Magic play basketball in the playoffs, I'm I'm always in good spirits regardless of results.
2: Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, you don't ever want to be the, the happy to be here team, but I mean, the reality is we're looking at an eight seed playing a one seed. Uh, I think even the Magic, you know, they very much acknowledge how difficult this task is going to be. Um, And certainly part of the goal that that I think Steve Clifford set out from last year when the Magic lost to the Raptors was they wanted to be more competitive in the series. I mean, I think, you know, Steve Clifford has said this repeatedly over and over again uh, since the team got back to work and since the team got back uh, to playing in the campus was they want to be playing, you know, well enough to make the playoffs. Check, accomplish that. And then they want to be playing well enough to be a factor in the postseason. Now, again, maybe that's a, a sliding scale, but... Um, they want to be uh, competitive in this series. They want to make Milwaukee think. They want to make Milwaukee work. If they're going to advance, if they're inevitably going to lose, they want it to be a hard-fought series. And so I guess here are three games into the series. The question we got to ask, you know, with Milwaukee up 2-1, granted, have is Orlando on track to accomplish that goal?
1: That, that's, man, that's a really hard question. You know, I think if we would have had this conversation after game one, it's pretty easy to say yes. But after the last two games, you, you we have more data to track and more tape to watch. And more or less, I have questions about that. Um, I want to say, yes, we're still on track. Um, but do they have some ground to make up? I think so. I think so.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, honestly, you know, maybe it's a bad thing that we're recording this after game three instead of game four. It, it really feels like game four is going to be the decisive game to figure out if if ultimately we call this playoff experience or, you know, part of this run, I, I don't know if we could call it a run if, if we're going to lose in the first round, um, but we're going to call this playoff experience a success or not. Uh, you know, I think last year we saw Orlando, you know, obviously still game one, kind of catch Toronto by surprise the same way that the Magic caught Milwaukee by surprise. And certainly Orlando's win this year felt more authoritative than last It did, last year's different, win.
1: for sure. Yeah, I
2: mean, and, and I, I keep going back to that John Hollinger tweet that he said, you know, last year Orlando beat Toronto. Kind of fluky. The magic just hit a lot of threes. Game one against the Bucs. The magic dominated them. And, and certainly that was a wake-up call for Milwaukee, who's a very, very good team. Um, let's let's not let's not let's not let's not hide the fact that this is a very, very big challenge for Orlando. Um, but I think what we wanted to see was Orlando, you know, make Milwaukee sweat a little bit, put up a little bit of fight. And you know, game two, you know, I agree with Clifford's assessment. Game two, Orlando played okay. Obviously not well enough to win. They got to make shots. They played okay and had some breaks and cracks that have, that Milwaukee was a- eventually able to take advantage of. Game three was very much reminiscent of some of those games last year against Toronto yeah. where Orlando just could not deal with the pressure, could not deal with the kind of force that a really good team plays with in the playoffs. Just uh, looks sloppy. Just, yeah,
1: sloppy. Yeah, play. yeah.
2: I mean, I, I wrote this after game, game three on Sunday. Uh, essentially, the, you know, it doesn't matter how good Milwaukee is. Um, you know, Steve. Cliff, you know, I don't know if you saw what Steve Clifford said in the locker room that that Orlando Magic doc that the Orlando Magic shared on their on their social media platforms. It's not about who you play; it's about how you play. And to me, Game Three was disappointing, not because they got beat, not because they were down by thirty, which you know is a product of all this. Game Three was disappointing because they just they did not play with the precision and execution that they know they need to succeed before Personally, we dive down to yeah, too far yeah, yeah.
1: into this can I ask a question Phil what sure, did you go for it. what did you predict project that the season series would go because honestly I projected a sweep um I didn't think we we're going to get a single game and we got one so I'm already out I'm already uh, the the my projections were already beaten um but what did what did you have the magic going did you have them like one in five oh you know have a, a five round a five game series or, or anything
2: so the way the way I described it, and I'm pretty sure I described the Raptor series last year this way too, but I, I was certainly I was more confident last year that the Magic were gonna get a game. I think I told the the Bucks the Bucks people that I did podcasts with that I'm I'm gonna take Bucks in four and a half. But I, I, I did really feel like it was a soft four and a half. Sure. Um, because okay. because the magic just weren't playing great. We didn't know what Aaron Gordon's status was gonna be. I, I felt I certainly felt like the Magic needed Jonathan Isaac to have any chance in this series. Um, and and certainly, you know, not having Aaron Gordon so far is such a a big, big deal, I it's feel like. It is, yeah, it's for it's sure. It's so for sure. It's just, it's one less body to throw at Giannis Antetokounmpo. And honestly, like, you look at the guy, I mean, John Hammond described it this way, the Magic have been down a position the entire year with both Isaac and Aminu out. They signed Al Farouk Minu specifically for this kind of a matchup. The, like, right, the, the, exactly. The reason... The reason they brought Al Farouk Aminu in here was to be able to, to give Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac a break on guys like Giannis, on guys like Siakam, on guys like Jason Tatum. Because they know, I mean, whether it's in the first round or not, they know they're going to have to face these guys eventually and they need big, long bodies to throw at them. And again, you could criticize Jeff Weltman for uh, use of resources, but there was a logic behind the move, even if it didn't pan out. And obviously Aminu's been hurt, so, so it didn't quite pan out either. I felt Orlando. I felt Orlando, especially because of the way things have been in the campus. Honestly, I felt Orlando could have one good shooting game, and that would have been the game they won. But again, under no impression here. The Bucks are a far better, far more dangerous team, and the Magic always had to play, if not perfect, nearly perfect to win.
1: Yeah, and I agree. It, it's it's kind of crazy in some aspects. I think the Bucks are somewhat underrated, even though they have the best record in the league and and all this stuff. There's there's an aspect to them that I feel like they still don't get enough respect. Um, but it's you know, I think for me, Philip, what I really wanted out of this series was I just wanted to once once Jonathan Isaac went down. I completely shifted my goal and focus and my focus turned to play hard, execute well, exit healthy. And if that was a four game exit or a six or seven game exit, like that's fine. As long as, you know, execution was good. Energy was up and health was okay. And so far, like we've hit some of that, um, you know, a few injuries with Aaron Gordon, Michael Carter Williams. That's no fun. At least to me, they're not like long-term season ending stuff. Um, that should affect them going into next season. Execution has been hit or miss. Game one was awesome. Um, yesterday was extremely sloppy. Uh, game three was very sloppy, in my opinion. A lot of turnovers, uh, a lot of just people looking lost and not really knowing what to do and where to go, um, in my opinion. And, you know, so yeah, they're kind of hitting my expectations 50 50 right now.
2: Yeah. And I think that's, that's fair. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think, I think that's kind of where I'm at too, where, you know, my goal was to see this team make progress. I mean, that's, that's always been my goal right. for this team because yes, they brought back a lot of the same roster and we certainly didn't see the progress in the regular season that we wanted to see from this group that, you know, they're, they're still that eight seed. you know, if I did the math the, their win percentage had them out to be a 37 win team, throw in some of the games that they, that they were thrown off their schedule because of because teams that didn't go in the bubble you know, it's very po- very likely that the Magic would have finished with maybe 40, maybe 41 wins um, if the season had finished as scheduled. Uh, and so, you know, considering all the injuries they had, they, they were about where they were last year. So yeah. uh, I'm not... I, 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 As far as the season goes, you know, I, I don't consider it a success, but it's certainly not a failure either. And I, and we'll get into... I, I think we should save some of the big picture items for, for where this team goes next. But my goal for the team was exactly what Steve Clifford said after Game 5 last year. You know, he said... I, I, the thing I'm disappointed in is we didn't compete, um, you know. And, and I think the thing that I wanted to see this team show, and, and I think to some extent they've shown it, is that the playoffs have made them better. They're more mature and capable of handling a playoff series and the pressure that comes with it, uh, and they're able to hold their own and compete a little bit more. You know, I, I think the thing that we haven't seen in this game yet that I want to see, uh, besides just a, a straight blowout win, I want to see how this team handles a close game in the playoffs. Um, yes. That, that, you know, game one had its moments where it looked like it was going to get close. I know I've gotten into a lot of arguments with people about this. But, you know, if Evan Forney doesn't hit those three threes, if, you know, they don't make some plays down the stretch that game, Milwaukee yeah. probably wins that game. And, and we are talking about a, a, a bitterly disappointing sweep. Um, so, sure. uh, you know, I think, that, I think that Orlando has shown that they are capable of making these plays. And honestly, that's what's disappointing about the way the series has played out so far. Um, because another thing the Magic have said repeatedly, and it shows that they understand what they're facing and what's what's coming in the postseason, uh, at least from a mental standpoint, teams get better as series go 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 on. What we haven't seen from the Magic is we haven't seen them continue to raise their game, and and that's that's of course been a major question for this group: is can they take their game up to that next level um, for you know for playoff purposes for series winning purposes? They've got to find an extra gear somewhere, and and, and that's been, uh, honestly, the most difficult thing about the series is they just haven't taken their game up.
1: Totally, and I agree with that, and to an extent, I agree with that. I feel like, as a team, they haven't been able to level up. I feel like there are some players that have leveled up from last year to this year, which I think you and I can both agree, Nikola Vucevic, he has definitely made an improvement um, in his game, I think so. Um, he's not getting beat out. He's making smarter decisions. he's being he's he's, an,
2: he's the only, I mean, he's, he's the, the only he's one the only my guy opinion. that's, I mean him and him and probably DJ Augustine. Are and this he wasn't with us last S. year.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't yeah. with last year. But he also has playoff experience. You know, he yeah, yeah, played yeah. a big role with the, that team last year. But for the most, you know, a Wes a one-do a little bit. Um, his role has been expanded. I don't think he actually did. Wes even really play last year against the Raptors. He played
2: think- a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, he he played. shot. I mean, I, I you know the thing about the Raptors is that Raptor series is, is they essentially dared guys like Wessa Wundu and, right. and Jonathan Isaac. And, and, and and then eventually when they realized Evan Fournier couldn't shoot, they just dared all those guys to to shoot, to shoot and beat them. And they just packed, I mean, they're doing a lot of what Milwaukee's doing right. um, where they just pack the paint, surround Vucevic, make his life miserable, stick on Ross. And then everyone else has to beat you. Um, And, and that's frankly, that's kind of what we're seeing now. I mean, I think, the, honestly, the biggest adjustment that that you that you can make between game game two and three and game four is the magic got to hit shots. I mean, you saw what happened when Terrence Ross and DJ Augustine got it going in the second half uh, in game three. You know, they turned a thirty four point deficit to twelve. I mean, they could clearly make that kind of a turnaround. We won
1: the second half.
2: We won. They the won the second, second half. half. Yeah, game. and again. That's and that's maybe not saying much because I do think Milwaukee dialed back on the defensive intensity and pressure in that second half. So we're end of the third
1: quarter. They were definitely like they 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 were giving fifty percent.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so we're not we're not celebrating that as a victory. I mean, certainly there's hope that that some of that momentum and and confidence can carry over. And and you just for especially for a guy like Fournier who has struggled so much in this series, you want him to see the ball go through the basket. You know, you want to see Ross get some clean looks and get some rhythm, and that's that's so vital. But, um. You know, you, you got to do that early. You got to do that from the start. You got to be ready to play from the start. And, and frankly, that's been the most disappointing thing for me. Is you know, game two, the Magic missed all those shots. They were what three of 20, 24 in that first quarter. Yeah. Um. They some of those were
1: really good looks too. They just they were good
2: looks. They were good shots. Yeah. And, and I and I do think you know, and it's human nature. And even Clifford, who's a hard nosed coach, preaches defense. People say, you know, when you're struggling to make shots, it is really tough to, to keep up the defensive intensity. That's just human nature.
1: In your opinion, do you think we executed the game plan better in two than we did in three?
2: Yes, I do. Yes, I agree with um, that too. game game three game three. There was a lot of lazy turnovers. Um, just just inexcusably bad. Not you know, just bad. Not crisp passes. Um, you know, I. I, I really do believe like game three was more about the magic not being ready to play than the Bucs doing anything different. Um, you know, I, you know Giannis, Giannis was great. Giannis had his best game in the series. You know, Middleton got himself going, but, you know, so much of the fast break and so much of the rhythm that the Bucs got was created because the magic were just throwing the ball around and, 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 and throwing, throwing it away. And, you know, again, we're under no impression, no, no mistaken impression here. Um, the margin for error is small. If the Magic are turning the ball over, they're not going to win. If the Magic especially are are missing when, threes, they're not going to win.
1: Especially when you have half the guys that are playing are you know second, third stringers at best. No offense yeah. to Gary Clark, he's you know Gary Clark's the, done a he, hell of a job. He's like, done a great but, job, but I don't know what else to expect when when he's getting the kind of minutes he is. No no offense to Wes who's done who's done a pretty well job. But you know, and most any other team in a playoffs, or even with this team healthy, those guys aren't getting minutes. You know, for sure,
2: for sure, so, and and you know, Aaron Gordon is a very big part of what this team wants wanted to do, and and MCW, and MCW, and MCW.
1: Williams too. You know, he he's that tenth guy off the bench that is just disrupting the other team, and we don't have him right now.
2: For sure, and and you know, something something they talked about today actually is just about offensive force. Um, just. You know, kind of a, a will to make something happen. Um, say what you want about Aaron Gordon. He's obviously not the best shooter in the world. Um, but you know, the magic are able to get him looks in the paint. Um, yep. you have to cover him. He makes he makes good decisions. He's he's become a much better passer. He can hold his own physically against Giannis one on one. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's just so much the Magic are missing without Aaron Gordon. And and that's 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 gonna of course make this series even tougher to analyze and break down and, and figure out what it all means. Exactly.
1: I haven't seen one highlight dunk this entire thing, and I know that doesn't mean oh, much. Oh, got one, Vooch like, got one. Yeah, he got one, as, as as highlight as that can be. Um, But, you you, you know, it's just, it, Aaron Gordon brings a a, like you said, a big-bodied force that has to be respected in the paint and respected in some aspect behind the arc, too, and we don't have that.
2: For sure. For sure. And I mean, again, no one's making an excuse. Everyone's hurt right now. You know, know, obviously some guys aren't able to go. Some guys are able to to, to fight through whatever they're dealing with. It's no excuse. You know, you still got to win with what you have. The Magic have won with what they have. Uh, And so it's just about being more precise. And and again, I think that's the disappointing thing about the series so far is we know they're better. We've seen they're better. Now they just got to put all those pieces together and give themselves a chance. I mean, again, the magic, uh, I, the way I've described it to a lot of people is this way: there are maybe five or six things the Magic have to do to win, and if they don't do, and if they if they want to win, they have to do four or five of them. They can only not, they can only skip out on one or two of those things. For the Bucks, there's five or six things that they need to do to win, um, and if they do two or three of them, they're going to have a chance to win. That's that's the difference between these teams. That's the difference between them in the margin of error. If the Magic don't hit threes, they they're toast because Milwaukee that's the shot Milwaukee's giving up. What, what was so brilliant about game one is Orlando took Milwaukee's defense, said, okay, you're gonna give us a shot, we're gonna take it and we're gonna make it. And once the magic hit those shots early on in that game, especially, that game changed completely.
1: The magic and I mean you're describing it perfectly with the margin margin for error being so small. this team does not have the offensive talent to be able to try extremely hard on defense and have the offense follow through with it. Right. Um, it's just, it's not a, everything has to be just right for this team to be effective on defense and be effective on offense. And some guys we've seen, um, Evan Fournier, we've seen, um, You know, even to an extent Aaron Gordon in the past where they're putting so much effort on the defensive end, the offense isn't coming through. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that now, but also we're just outmatched. Um, You know, it's... Yeah, it's difficult, man. I, I've I've very much enjoyed this series so far. I mean, there's definitely been disappointments, but I think in some asca- aspects we've done a little bit better. It just sucks that we're not able to put together four quarters of equal value where, you know, if we played the second half, uh, the first half, like we played the second half yesterday, the game would have been, maybe it was that close, close game that is coming down to the final two minutes where instead it was a blowout from almost, you know, the first half, half quarter.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's, honestly, that's going to be, I think, the interesting thing about Monday's game um, is we're going to see the Magic with their backs against the wall. I mean, let's, let's make no bones about it. If the Magic lose game four... They're done. The series is probably over. I mean, I don't want to say it's completely over um, because, you know, it's, there's, there's no home court advantage. You don't have to worry about going back to Milwaukee. But if you're down 3-1 against this team, I mean, it's the same deal as we've said all along the Magic have to play from ahead. They can't be behind against the Bucks. If they lose game four, it's probably going to be a five-game series. It's almost certainly going to be a six-game series. Um, it's, it's just a big ask for the Magic to make that kind of a comeback. And so Orlando has to play game four with the desperation that their season is on the line, that if they don't win that game, it's over. It's, it's, it's over, period. Uh, and I don't think we've seen this team with that kind of desperation. Honestly, you know, we saw it maybe a little bit Um, in the seeding round against Philadelphia and Boston, Um, with the Magic knowing full well, you lose those two games, you're not getting seventh. And, you know, honestly, those were two of their better games in the seeding round. Uh, You know, the the, the first Brooklyn game and the Sacramento game, obviously the two best, but they just played so efficiently. Those two games, the Magic gave themselves a chance to win. And again, that's all you're asking for. If they play with that kind of fire and intensity, and again, Boston and Philadelphia are not the team's um, that Milwaukee is, and, and, and you know we're recording this while Boston-Philadelphia is going on right now, and certainly Boston's proven to be a better team, and Orlando essentially had that game won. Yep. Um, but they've got to play with that kind of fire and intensity and, and hope that they can they can catch Milwaukee a little bit on their back foot, relaxing a little bit. I mean, I don't think Milwaukee's going to be relaxed up 2-1, but relaxing a little bit um, I... with, with that kind of a series lead. Let's take a quick break from the conversation because when you talk for this long, when you're this much of a windbag, you get a little tired. You need a little pick-me-up. You need a little bit of energy. Well, the best place to get energy is protein. It's what your body converts to energy first, actually. Those carbs are bad for you. And when you need energy, you need efficient, low-calorie protein bars. And that's why I turn to Built Bar. It is my go- It has become my go-to protein bar. It's better than any protein bar that I've ever had. It's not nutty. It's not kind of crunchy like those granola bars. It doesn't taste a little bit off. Like it says it's peanut butter chocolate or it says it's Rocky Road. It's not really Rocky Road. Built Bar has been a, a great experience for me uh, as I've started to explore a little bit more the world of protein bars as I, I try to work out a little bit more, certainly try to eat a little bit healthier and snack a little bit healthier too. Bilt Bars come in 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, that one's going to be on my next order, Carrot Cake and Apple Almond Crisp, plus 12 original flavors, including Peanut Butter. Banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, that's been my favorite so far, coconut and peanut butter brownie. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person, Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. I cannot recommend these enough. I have been in love with these Built Bars. With a special offer right now, you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. It's only going to last about a week or so. I think I've been saying it for a week or so, so get on it quickly. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: I want to remind the listeners for a second on kind of where the teams were at coming into the playoffs. Um, the magic ranked 10th in defense and they were 23rd in the league in offense. All right. So just keep that in mind. The bucks were first in defense and they were Eighth in offense so we're dealing with a team that is elite of elite the best of the best and a magic team where yeah we're pretty darn good in one aspect and we're really bad in the other um 90 percent of the time so it's it, it was going to be a, a a tall um a tall task to take but you know it's, I I still think the magic can execute better. They can they can lose in better fashion if 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 that's a you know, I don't want to say the magic are gonna lose because obviously they can prove me wrong, but they can they can execute, they can play to a better level, but it's still going to be hard no matter what. This Bucks team is insane.
2: Yeah, and, and, and that's and again, that's the big thing is you know, you wanna compete. You wanna give yourself a chance. That's that's that is all you ask for right now is you give yourself ha- a chance.
1: What do you think has to happen for for that to happen in, in the next game? Like, what do you want to see differently? Um, even individual players, like, what do you want to see differently from game three to game four?
2: I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, just the, the biggest thing is the simplest thing. Um, they got to make shots and they got to make shots early. Um, I, I think that it is... I think one key factor in game one was they gained a lot of confidence from hitting all those shots early. And it can't just be Vucevic. Like, they're going to get Vucevic. Vucevic, I trust at this point. He's going to hit his shots early. I mean, he made his first three shots against Milwaukee in game three. That had everyone feeling good. And then he missed, you know, two, three in a row, including a couple threes. And that, like, got all the air out of the balloon because no one else was doing anything. Right. Orlando has to find some way to get Evan Fournier going. But Fournier hasn't been taking quality shots. Um, I, I think his he's been rushing and just been a very off balance with his, with even his standstill shots um, but they, they gotta find a way to get him get him going and get him uh, just some easy, just some quality looks not even you know I wouldn't even run him in pick and rolls as much. I would be looking let's find a way to get him working off of the screen. I don't know if that's that's necessarily his game but get him working off of a pin down off of something where he can hit a, hit a spot up shot you know maybe get a layup somewhere. Um, and use use that to get him going, because you know the, you know as much as you know as much as he's been bad in this series, the Magic still desperately need him. I mean, Gary Clark's got to hit some shots early. The Bucks are giving him the three. Um, they, they just need they need someone else to give them a lift early and give them some confidence. And and when once that happens, then I think everything you know kind of falls in place. I mean, look look back at Markel Fultz even. Markel Fultz made four his first four shots in game one. You know all of those little mid range shots that he likes. He's been struggling a lot in first quarters, especially to kind of get the team into its sets. And and you're you're seeing his inexperience play out here, I think a little bit, um, where he doesn't quite know how to handle what's coming at him. And and, and I think that's that's been a big struggle for this team.
1: You you hope that Markel Fultz, you know, just learns off that because this is, really, I mean, really his first season in the NBA in some aspects. So it's like I kind of expected this from Markel Fultz in in many ways. Um, but but yeah, you're right. Evan Fournier he needs to be hitting shots there got to be a way to get him going even if it's just like somehow drawing a couple of fouls and watching the ball go through on on a, a few free throws early in the first quarter um something to let him get that mentality or that you know the the visual of the ball dropping through the net and maybe that can help him throughout the rest of the th- the rest of the, the game um i want to see a better shot selection on the iq uh with, with some of our players i know Ross had had 20 points on on game three, but if you look at some of those shots he was taking in the first half, particularly, they were just not good shots. Um, you know, a lot of them off balance, a lot of them, you know, not not off a. you know, he's like leaning forward half the time. Just just not I just was not impressed with where he was deciding to take those shots instead of passing or driving. Um, same with Evan Fournier, like you mentioned in your comments about him. Um, you know, Gary Clark is. I don't. I don't know if I have expectations for him. I want him to hit shots, obviously, but he's just so young and raw in in, in an aspect of the league. Um, you know, this is his first playoff experience too, I believe. Um, you know, him and Wesa really, it's like they're. We need them to hit shots for sure. I just don't know what expectations are realistic
2: with their capabilities, right?
1: Where you and I both know that Evan and Ross can make better decisions on where they're shooting and driving.
2: And, and they're such such important players to this team that that they have to. I mean, you you know, this is this is something we spoke a lot about in regards to Nikola Vucevic last year. You know, when you're a star player, when you're a you know a bigger player, I mean, the playoffs, those other guys are going to get their chance, and when they get their chance, they got to hit too. But everything revolves around the stars and finding ways to to break down a defense that knows what's coming. Um, and, you know, credit to Nikola Vucevic. I mean, he got, he got beat up in the series against the Raptors. And, and that's just maybe a bad matchup for him. Um, but he got beat up. And, and, and I think he took that really personally. He took that to heart. And when the season resumed, he came back ready to play. He had a great run through the, through the seeding round, except for that Toronto game. Um, and, and he came into this playoffs and he has, he has kind of turned the narrative around where he is literally the only guy offensively that the magic can really trust every night right now or so far. Um, and he has really stepped his game up in, in, in a major, major way. And I think that that's, I think that's a credit to him. Um, you know, again, the matchup certainly helps. I think Milwaukee is less physical and more willing to give him the mid range jumpers that he, he likes, but he is taking them and making them and, at this point, you know Orlando's Orlando's got to keep him involved. Almost touch the ball on every occasion. The big thing for the rest of the series, though, um, you know, you know, to get those quality shots, they got to move the ball. Um, the ball gets stuck on one side of the floor too much. That allows Milwaukee to overload. They do such a good job packing the paint uh, and, and forcing difficult shots. Orlando's got to find a way to create easier outlets and, and quicker ball reversals so that they can get open three-pointers on the other end before Milwaukee can really reset itself. And and that's something the Magic have really struggled to do.
1: Hey, Philip, why do you think we didn't see this version of Vucevic during the regular season? I know a lot of people were really hard on Vucevic this year, and some of it was a little undeserving. Um, He still had, like, I mean, he had a step back, um but i mean he's generally still had a fairly decent year at least offensively how come we're not seeing this type of offensive dominance um you know in in the regular season and we're only seeing it now i haven't so, been able to put my my finger on it
2: so i think some of it's the matchup i think some of it is just the fact that you know this is the way the bucks play i mean the bucks you know you know i've i've been following a lot of bucks twitter twitter accounts and, and bucks writers and uh, you know a lot of them have said you know the one thing that we struggle with is centers who can shoot. The the whole defensive scheme that the Bucks have with Brooke Lopez uh uh dropping back so far, the whole scheme is to force, force teams to shoot those jumpers and, and just ignore the center if they can't shoot. Um, you know, because they they want to just protect the paint. That's their goal. They, they don't care if they give up a ton of threes, you're not scoring in the paint against them, or you're gonna take like tough floaters and and, and shots. So I definitely think some of it is the matchup. Um, where Vucevic is just getting more opportunity. Some of it, I think, is just playoff changes. Um, You know, I think the offense changes a little bit in the playoffs where you're trying to get the ball in your best player's hands more than you might in the regular season where you're trying to kind of manage games a little bit more. It's more about kind of consistent rhythm of a game because you've got, you know, you're playing a different opponent every single night. So, you know, if you're playing Milwaukee one night, you're playing, you know, Toronto the next or, you know, whoever it is you know you've got to be in a, everyone's got to be in a rhythm at the same time whereas if you're playing the same team over and over again the same guys have to be in rhythm because you're going to be attacking the team virtually the same way every time um so i think that has to do with it but i think you know in fairness too Vucevic had a very good season um kind of you know if you lop off maybe the month after he came back from the ankle injury in in november he came back i think in what late december so if you go from Maybe mid January to the end of the season, you know, he wasn't having big scoring games like this, but he was back up to the All Star level numbers that he had, you know, last yeah. season. You know, again, maybe his defense wasn't as good. I, I certainly, I think his defense wasn't as on point as it was, um, in in last season. Uh, games one and two, his defense was fantastic. I have to say, I, I've been really impressed with Vucevic's defense for the most part in this series. Game three, everyone just broke down. It was it was not pretty. Um, but uh, you know, I think Vucevic you know, the injury slowed him down as it slows everyone down. Um, but I think he got back to the level that he was at last year by the by the time the season went on hiatus. I mean, I think some of it is the Magic, just the way they play is is very egalitarian. They want everyone involved. They know that not one guy can beat anyone with the way that their offense is set up. And two, I don't think Vucevic is the kind of guy that demands the ball. I mean, he's a, he's a very much about a position, pl- a position player being in the right spot to get... Um, to get opportunities when they come to him. He's not in there in the post demanding the ball. He's not in there, you know, saying, give me the ball. Certainly not at the top of the key and trying to break down guys one-on-one. That's not his personality. And and again, this team has taken on that personality where they don't have to feed him the ball to make things work. If they do their job, Vucevic will be open and they can get him the ball or they can score themselves.
1: Do you think we will see Clifford do things differently? And I guess this is maybe a premature question because we said we were going to talk about the playoffs and now I'm asking about next year. but okay, Let's make let that just, transition. Let's okay, make that transition. Let's make that transition then. Okay, cool. Do you think we will see assuming Vucevic is still on this roster. Do you think we will see Vuce's role shift a little bit next year? Because like one thing that I'm loving right now with his play is he's taking like seven to eight threes a game where in the regular season, he was taking like more to four. And I would love to see him shoot more threes next year and stretch out that floor a bit more. Do you think we'll see Clifford make adjustments with now that he sees Vuce can be this 30 point per night guy in some aspects Um and, and be more of an offensive threat. Do you? Th- do you th- I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping
2: that we. It's gonna. It's gonna journalism. depend on person. It's gonna depend on personnel. Um sure. You know if, you know it's it's too hard at this point to predict what Jeff Waltman's going to do and and what becomes available. Most most importantly, I mean, I certainly, you know, certainly we're already seeing you know Magic fans begin to to create their wish list of stars they can go after. You know, we've seen we've seen them all. Um, so it's it certainly depends a little bit on that. Um, let, let's 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 make no bones about it. You know, it's hard to predict what the future of the franchise will be because, you know, so much of it is uncertain, you know, even, even with when the season's going to start. Um, I, I think, you know, something that Clifford really likes about Vucevic and something that I think is very true about him and the way the magic run their offense, they don't run a lot of plays specifically for Vucevic. A lot of his points, a lot of his points are pick and rolls, pick and pops. And he just makes the right read or makes the right, or, or goes into the open space, um, to get shots. Um, You know, on your point about the three-point shooting, I actually get a little bit afraid every time Vucevic makes his first three and takes too many three-pointers. I don't want him taking seven or eight three-pointers. I don't think he's an effective enough three-point shooter at this point to do that. Um, If he's at three or four, I I think that's okay. Um, You certainly need it there to be a little bit of a threat. But one thing I think the Magic did really well um, after the All-Star break when their offense really started to soar was Vucevic was in the in the paint a lot more. He wasn't settling for three pointers. He was taking the mid range jumper, which he's a lot more efficient in. I mean, he's I don't think he's like at Lamarcus Aldridge, DeMar, you know, Demar Derozan levels of you know quality mid range jump shooters. But I think he can still get there, and I think that could be how you use him as a weapon. Um, but I, I I want to see him in the post more. I want to see him playing a little bit closer to the basket because he, also he's such a gifted passer. You work you can work him in the high post. You can work him in the low post, and he can find open guys playing off of him. Um, you know, Certainly seeing him learn how to deal with and play against double teams is still, I think, a thing that that he has to work on. But I don't want him shooting threes all the time. Um, he is much more effective when he's in the paint closer to the basket than he is uh, outside the lane. You certainly need that on occasion to keep the defense honest, but that's not where he's most effective at the end of the day. And again, the Magic's biggest problem, and we're seeing it play out in this, this series as much as anything else, they don't have a guy who can be to set defense off the dribble. They don't have a guy who can create. We want it to be Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz isn't there yet. Um, Aaron Gordon can do it on occasion. He isn't there yet. Jonathan Isaac yeah. is still gaining confidence as an offensive player. Certainly, he's not there yet, and we're not going to see him next year. Any- we're probably not going to see him next year anyway. So, the Magic are still looking for that guy that's going to put them over the top in a playoff series like this.
1: And and really, the Magic are going to be kind of this team, even with internal development, unless someone turns into that guy, right? Or they trade yeah. for that guy. There's, you know, some people want to... Uh, and we don't have to go down this hole too much because I actually have another question I want to uh, I want to bring circle back to. Um, but you know, a lot of people are like, well, what if we were to trade Aaron Gordon for Kelly Oubre and 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 let that be a better balance? It might be a better balance, but we still don't have that guy who can take over. You know, we still don't have that guy who can who can you know take someone off the dribble and and do and and you know come do and pull up jumpers like that. Like we we don't have that off. They don't they right. don't
2: have, it, what what so, what we're what we're looking for is a 10 second guy. Right. You got 10 seconds right. on the shot clock. Nothing else is working. Go get a shot. Um, right. you know and, and the-
1: these little sideline moves are, are okay. They might make this roster a little bit more better balanced, but it's not going to make us better competing in the long run to to make moves up the playoffs. Um I, I want to. I don't want to go down to that because that's almost a subject for another podcast, uh, where we're going to need another thirty to three hours to go down the <laughs> roster balance. But I do want to circle back in the playoffs, and and not so much a player perspective, but do you think Clifford has done a good
2: job? I think I think he has. Um, you know, I think again, we're talking about a team that was probably going to win. You know, again, maybe 39, 40 games if the season had finished as scheduled. Um, you know, probably finished seventh, which is where they were last year. Considering all the injuries that they have, uh, that they had this year, um, I think I think that that is a small victory. That the Magic at least kept their place in line and stayed the same. Um, the, you know, I've seen a lot of people criticize Steve Clifford a little bit. and And there's certainly places to criticize him. I, I don't think he's been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but at the end of the day, Steve Clifford was hired to build the foundation for this team again, to, to create a culture and, and, and a setting where the team will win and succeed and have a chance to make the playoffs as just a baseline minimum goal. Um, and so now, you know, the first year, it was a surprise we made the playoffs. I mean, it's great, you know, that, that, was, that was a shocking run that the Magic went on and Clifford deserved all the credit in the world for pushing that team to make the playoffs. Certainly expectations were raised this year. And, and even the players have said, we did not have the season that we wanted to have. We expected better of ourselves, but now we got to deal with, with what we have now. At the, at the end of the day, though, the Magic will have made the playoffs for in back-to-back years. Um, that is part of the foundation. That's actually something Clifford never did in Charlotte, by the way. Um, That is part of the foundation the team needs to lay. Um, And so to me, again... The season was not a success. They they did not meet expectations. They disappointed, but it was not a failure. And I think Steve Clifford deserves a lot of credit for keeping this team together. For still, you know, through everything that they had to deal with this year, for still finding a way to get to the postseason, uh, and still giving themselves a chance to make something happen. Um, for sure, you can criticize a lot of things that he's done. Um, I think that he is still a little too inflexible with his rotations and and with some of his schemes. I think that he
1: Rotation-wise, I- yeah. Ro- rot- rotation let's, let's let's dive that for a second. Like, what would you have liked to see a little bit differently in the in the playoffs specifically? Right. Um, well, we don't need to go down the regular season, but
2: and the play- I know, mean, um, yeah, the, the issue the issue with the playoffs. Uh, and again, I I I I kind of waffle on this, or I, I feel like this is a little bit of a cop out, but this is this is truly what I believe. Um, everything that happens in the in the bubble isn't completely real. Um, I I I don't like. I, I believe this wholeheartedly. Once the season went on hiatus, Jeff Fortman and John Hammond have enough information to make whatever decisions they need to make this summer. The only thing yeah. that's changed really is the Jonathan Isaac injury. Um, but when I look at what I'm seeing inside the campus, I'm counting progression. Anyone who's gotten better or done something to improve, I think that is real. Be, you know, just because it's it, it's true. You know, it's happening on a court they're playing basketball. To me, any regression that we're seeing. I'm just chalking up to, well, they didn't play basketball for four months. It's impossible to be completely to, ready to yeah. play. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what it looks like after they have an offseason and after they get back to work, you know, when, whenever the season starts, whether it's in, in January, February, or whenever. Um, I, I, I know that's waffling. I know that's a bit of a cop-out. Um, but, like, a guy like Evan Fournier, like, he averaged 18 points per game. Like, he had his best season of his career. And all of a sudden, and he's a rhythm shooter. Like, he's all about rhythm. All of a sudden, the season stopped, and we're asking him to pick up and play that way again. And and you know he's admitted, I don't have my legs under me. Like I I am not the player I was back in, back in March. And again, this Magic team has such small margin for error that losing that hurts this team immeasurably. Like it is that is a huge hit to this team. And it's a credit. I mean, a credit to them that they've been able to compete and play as well as they have without Evan Fournier at or near his best, but. Like I'm not, I'm not giving, I mean, Evan Fournier has been bad. He's made a lot of bad decisions and those aren't necessarily about shooting, but I'm not giving up on Evan Fournier just because he played poorly in this postseason or in the campus. Um, Certainly I think a second straight bad playoffs does mean something. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it means nothing, but you know, I I'm looking at these playoffs and, and I don't know what more Clifford can do. Like he is balancing a roster that is injured, that doesn't have its full complement. And a roster that's also dealing with having to come back from four months of no basketball whatsoever. Um, so I, I i don't know I don't know what else to say or what to make of everything that we're seeing to be perfectly honest.
1: yeah, it's, it's again, and, and again, I'd... like
2: like back to the coaching question, every coach is dealing with us. Um, you know, yeah. everyone is dealing with this in some form or fashion. Um, so could? Could uh, Clifford be doing a better job? Sure. Like, I mean, I think some of the balance. I mean, my biggest complaint with um, my biggest complaint with uh, with with Clifford and his rotation for most of the year has been just he's been struggling to balance his lineups. I mean, he hasn't had the same success. You know, DJ Augustine, Nikola Vucevic have great chemistry. I would have loved to see them play more, but still give faults minutes with the starters, um, but also play faults a little bit more with the backups, so where he can you know dance around a little bit more. Uh, and experiment a little bit on the ball more. I, I think him and Bamba actually had some really good chemistry that that never really got developed either. Um, you know, there's there's just so much that you know, there's just so there's so uh, frankly, there's so little tools in the cupboard for for Clifford to pull. Um, it, it's 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 hard for there's, me to say what else he yeah, could do. There's all little things, things considered. Th-
1: there's little things I would like to have seen, like, you know, game three, something, you know, Ross got 23 minutes. He was hitting shots, even though I was critical of him earlier, he was hitting shots a lot better than our other shooting guard Evan Fournier. I would have liked to have seen those minutes a little bit, a little bit more equal. Cause you know, one's getting sure. 32 minutes. One's getting 23. Like let's, let's ride the hot hand a little bit more um, a little bit better. Um, You know, maybe there's, Maybe there's restrictions on some of that that we don't see, that you and I don't know about. You know, I mean, um, I
2: like I know a lot of fans I, are complaining about the minutes split between Fultz and Augustine. Um, and my sure. my response has always been, well, Fultz ain't playing great, Augustine ain't playing right. that great. Right. Um, but anyway. I I have no information to say this is true or not. I suspect Fultz is still on a minutes restriction. Uh, yeah. i I don't I don't think he's been fully fully released to play thirty thirty five minutes like like he was you know in March.
1: You know, there's something... That I don't think so either, but Fultz hasn't been great. And to be honest, DJ Augustine provides a skill that, that Markel Fultz doesn't yet. He can shoot and Fultz can't. So, um, and this is a team that's already lacking a lot of, sh- lot of abilities to make shots. And sometimes you just got to play people that have that ability a little bit longer than guys that don't.
2: I'll say this. I'll say this. Game four is a must-win game. Yes. Game four is you cannot lose game four. Um, if I'm Steve Clifford... Some guys are going to have shorter leashes. Um, if if Markel Fultz, you know, is getting blown up, you know, and struggling with the pressure right off the tip, DJ Augustine's coming off my bench, and he's going he's gonna to play a little bit more. If Evan Forney misses a few shots early or the team just isn't in, in rhythm early,
1: awesome Terrence kick. Ross is wow. coming
2: in quicker. Um, yep. You know, Ken Burch has played great, but if the Magic offense is stalling with Ken Burch out after, you know, two, two three minutes, Ken Burch is coming out and Nikola Vucevic is coming back in. That The, the thing, you know where i want to see clifford make adjustments now this is a must win situation on monday yeah yeah i'm There's interested to see str- how he how he rolls it tomorrow um, and and, he, and again and again like a, a big criticism that i think is completely fair about clifford uh, criticism that i certainly share although i understand what he's trying to do and trying to build um he is very dogmatic about his rotations he is not going to change his rotations um on a whim or without confidence in what he's changing it to and and so i i don't know what that gets means ejected. <laughs> yeah or unless someone gets ejected i mean unless, <laughs> he's, unless he's unless he's unless he's forced to do it you um, pull that in there we haven't no, that's fine that
1: at all and that's okay
2: no, i mean luckily luckily it won't have an effect on game four um no, I, and again i don't think any of us believe that magic were winning that game even if james ennis had stayed and ennis has no, had a great series no. but but he has he has done very well I mean, that was what a, it was what a 15, 16, seventeen point game when that happened. It, it, yeah. The game probably wouldn't have been a 30 point game, but but Milwaukee was going to win. Right. Um, you know I want Clifford, I think, has to have a short leash when it comes to game four i, I think I think he's got to treat this as a must win game, and he's got to ride his best players as far and as long as they'll take him, as they'll take him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the game tomorrow. Um, it'll be a fun one. What time is the game? I need to make sure. I can it is
2: watching. a 1.30 p.m. tip. It'll air Ooh. on NBA TV and Fox Sports Florida.
1: Philip, I have been a very bad employee with my with uh, with my with my work. I bring my laptop in, and um, I've been watching the game on one computer while working on the other, and my work is not very great during that moment. <laughs> of time. Luckily, I- tomorrow I'm working from home, so I can get away with it.
2: I, 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 I won't lie. I have done that with other games in the past, you know, luckily for my day job, I, I have to watch the magic. So, but even then, like I'm more focused on the magic than my actual, than the actual other work I have to get done. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's these afternoon games have been fun. Uh, I won't lie. I, I, I've been enjoying having basketball on all day.
1: It's March madness in, 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 uh, August. It's awesome. Yeah, For sure.
2: For sure. Um, Steven, uh, we went a little longer than, than, than we want to, but that's, that's okay. We're, we're getting ready for the, probably the biggest game the Magic have played all year. Um, where, can, where can everyone find you if they, if they want to follow your podcast or, or, or fi- find you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, yeah, check us out. We're on uh, The Close Up Magic. You can find us at Twitter that at The Close Up Magic. You can uh, go to our website, www.thecloseupmagic.com. Um, or you can follow my personal Twitter account, which has been a bit more active than the actual site's Twitter account. And I'm pulling that up because I forget every time. And it's at Steven, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, E N zero six one zero. I am always down to talk magic basketball. And um, yeah, pay attention and uh, you know, follow our podcast. If you're interested in hearing another perspective on the magic, we, we post shows every, we're not, we're not weekly, but we're probably every other week. And, um, yeah, we got some new fun content coming up. We got a new mock draft that we're going to be dropping here for all you draft junkies that want to, that want to get involved with that. Check that out. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to covering the magic for another season coming up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Hopefully we'll be, hopefully we'll be covering the magic for the rest of this week. Um, cause yes. game five will be Monday. Game six will be Wednesday. Game seven, I believe is scheduled for Friday. So hopefully we'll have uh, another week of magic basketball and then another two weeks after that. If, if, if we're so lucky. We um, want a second round, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Beat the heat. Um, let's, uh, uh Steven, I want to thank you again for, for hopping on with me here. I'll give this my, vit- fun. Yeah, thank I'll, you, I'll give, I'll, yeah, no, I'll, I'll give my vital. So, so you don't have to record it later or memorize it yourself. Um, you can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Of course, follow my podcast, Locked On Magic, on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. I'm sure you can find the close up magic on most of those as well. Um, and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at Oh, magic daily steven thanks for coming on the show today i appreciate appreciate it very much
1: it's always a pleasure doing a podcast with you philip i love talking magic basketball with you thanks again
0: you are locked on magic your daily orlando magic podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day